Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome back to Freedom Machines with Freddie Dobbs. It's a Saturday morning here in Belvedere to the southeast of London. I'm looking outside my balcony and I've seen something incredible, a little bit of blue sky. And if you're anything like the UK at the moment, which I think a lot of Northern Europeans are, you'll have had one of the worst springs that you can imagine or that you can remember. It's been either freezing cold or pouring rain and nothing in between with only a small handful of actual nice weather days. Probably less than five or six nice days, almost since November. And that's depressing even saying that. But sit back, grab a coffee and here we go because I've done probably the most amount of research that I've ever done for a podcast. So I'm quite excited to share this with you. Okay, let's start with an update about what I've been up to this week, apart from the weather. I mean, it started off, the weather's been so bad for so long. I went onto Facebook at the start of the week and I saw someone that I know he has finally had enough. That's it. He just did a post on Facebook saying, I can't take this anymore. I've applied for a working visa to head off and relocate to Australia. That's how bad the weather's been. People are packing up and relocating. And I thought I'd look at the comments from, from this guy's post on Facebook, because I always love looking at the comments. And in the comments, there were a few people saying, Australia, it's not all it's cracked up to be. And the Gold Coast, you know, the Gold Coast is full of people in bikinis and looking fabulous. It's not all it's cracked up to be. And I thought, God, that, you know, that doesn't sound so bad if that's the only insult you can give the Gold Coast. But there we go. People heading off. The weather is so bad here at the moment. Hopefully it's, it's going to improve because we've only got eight days left until summer actually comes. And if we've only got June, July and August of good weather, 
that's going to be hard to stomach because you may not believe it to any non-British listeners, but we do actually sometimes have quite nice Aprils. It sometimes does get to 24, even 25 degrees in April in the UK, but we've had none of that this year. We're almost into June. We've had absolutely nothing. But as you may well have seen on my Instagram posts or my YouTube video, my YouTube channel, on Wednesday, I received an Indian motorcycle vintage dark horse. And this really has become very possibly my favorite ever bike. I really do mean that. It's, It's one of... It's one of America's, the USA's absolute top level, super premium, massive cruiser bikes with the tassels on the panniers, really gigantic bike, all in black, 21,400 pounds. And that doesn't include a pillion seat. So you need to pay at least 500 pounds for the luxury of having a pillion seat. And by the time you've got the backrest on, You're pretty close to £23,000 by the time you want it spec the way you want. But wow, the way this bike makes you feel or makes me feel, I've never... No, the only time I've witnessed anything like it is when I had a Harley-Davidson Softail Deluxe for a weekend in Tenerife. Everyone stopping and looking, stopping in the street, van drivers doing that down their windows... The bike was pushed off the back of the van when I received it on Wednesday and there was a small crowd forming, jaws dropping at how incredible this bike is. I've never witnessed anything like it. People in the streets stopping, asking about it, people getting out of their cars at the supermarkets coming over. It's out of this world, another level as a head-turning bike. So I've been riding it as much as I can, even though the weather's not been good. It's just the way it makes you feel, this bike. I know everyone's different. For some people, for example, uh, Ducati Panigale is their idea of riding heaven, and that is spot on them. But what I've realised, for me, these, these big American cruisers, I don't know why. I know they're ridiculous in the UK, but I can't help it. They just do something to me. They are my idea of riding heaven and I know some people say come on Freddie there's no adrenaline there you know you can't get the thrill of attacking the bends and I know that it's true I can't argue with that but I just just the way it makes me feel I absolutely love it and I'll go into a story now because this is something that I don't know if it's going to be a sign of things to come but in Singapore They are moving to completely ban old motorcycles from their roads by 2028. This is an article from Visor Down. And I wonder, is this a sign of things to come? Because you always hope that when a law comes in, let's say, for example, in the UK, when a law comes into place, you hope that they don't retrospectively change things. So, for example, in the UK, we have a law that any vehicle, I think it's over 25 years old, is road tax exempt. So you don't need to pay any road tax. And to be fair to them, they've kept that rule in place. So, you know, if you buy an older vehicle, you won't need to pay road tax on it. And it's a bit of a 
a worry for older motorcycle owners seeing this because basically what Singapore have done it's not that they're going to ban sales like in the UK for example they're going to ban sales of petrol and diesel cars by 2030 they say and that's fine because they're not banning the older cars they're just saying from 2030 we're going to ban the sale of petrol and diesel cars but in Singapore, they've gone one step further, and that is that by 2028, they're actually going to ban old motorcycles from the roads. So anyone with an older motorcycle, you won't be able to use it on the roads. It will be illegal to use it. So in 2023, Singapore will introduce stricter emissions regulations on older motorcycles with a £1,850 bonus to anyone who will deregister their motorcycle sooner than 2023 so if you own an older motorcycle you can go to the the local council and say right that's it i'm deregistering my motorcycle i'm taking it off the road you don't need to scrap it but you need to deregister it so for example you can put it in your living room as a, a trophy piece but you are not allowed to use it you have to legally get it off the road deregister it so it's no longer a registered vehicle and you get a 1850 pound bonus for doing that those who run older motorcycles will be forced to comply with the new regulations starting in 2023 basically in 2028, they'll be forced off the road for good. And there's this 2023 to 2028 transition period. Uh, and it's going to be very, very interesting if this translates to the rest of the world. I'm just reading the article and apparently it's proved extremely popular. 60% of the 27,000 vehicles affected in Singapore... They've already been deregistered. 60% of the, the eligible vehicles, the eligible motorcycles in Singapore have now been deregistered already. It's interesting what happens when you give a, a, nice, a nice amount of money on the table, like 1,850. That is very interesting. It could be a sign of things to come. And on the 7th of June, moving on to another story that I found interesting. And this is something that I've got no direct experience in, but something I'm quite passionate about. And I'm not really sure why I'm passionate about it, because I've got no experience with it. But on the 7th of June, 2021, rental electric scooters will be allowed in London on a 12-month trial. And I know this is a bit of a controversial subject, my point of view on electric scooters is that I think they're a brilliant thing. They're environmentally friendly, they're electric, they take up very little space. If you're allowed bicycles on the roads, when, then why wouldn't you allow these electric scooters on the roads? They get a huge amount, or they could potentially get a huge amount of cars off the road. They fold up incredibly well, so you can then jump on and off trains if you need to. And I don't think they're dangerous at all. So I think I don't understand why the British government haven't just legalised them. Because at the moment they're illegal. In theory, a policeman can pull you over and fine you for being on an electric scooter. And I don't get that. When in London especially, they're doing everything they can to improve air quality and get cars off the roads. Yet you're making it illegal 
to ride an electric scooter on the road, something that will clear up the roads, which we desperately need because we've got so many traffic calming measures. You've got something that can mobilise people and it's environmentally friendly. I do not get why it's still illegal in London. But anyway, first step, they've made it legal for rental electric scooters. What that means is that you have to rent the scooter from a local authority, a registered electric scooter authority in London. But it's a great start. So in 20 days time or something like that, you'll be able to actually go rent one out. I don't know how it works, probably for an hour or two on an, on, on an hourly basis. And I think they're actually going to have these docking sections like they do in a lot of towns and cities where you go up to one of these docking stations, you pull out the electric scooter, tap your debit card, and there you go. You've got it for as long as you want it, and then you just drop it off at another station. I know that lots of cities, Barcelona, Vilnius, loads of cities have these electric scooters. They're a brilliant mode of transport. I have no idea why we've been so slow in London for the take-up. Of course, you see them all the time, these electric scooters. They're all over London. You see them all the time. But... You're, you're riding them or, the, or you're using them with the knowledge that you could be fined. And in fact, I saw in Woolwich, South East London, about four days ago, I saw a couple. One was on an electric scooter and the other one was on a bicycle. And they'd both been stopped and were getting fined by the police. I think the reason they were getting fined is because they were both cycling on the pavement when there is a cycle lane, which, which is ridiculous. Why would you be using the pavement when there's a dedicated cycle lane? I mean, we're putting cycle lanes everywhere in London, which is great. But when cyclists are using the pavement or the road, instead of a cycle lane that's there, that for me is ridiculous. So you've got to be careful, but I hope, again, I hope that spreads out because I am a huge fan of electric scooters. I've actually always wanted to try one out, but for some reason, I've never, ever tried one, but God, they look fun. And I'll move on to alternatives for the Indian vintage dark horse. The motorbike that I've got now if you want to expect the way that you want it, it's £23,000 near enough. The absolute cheapest you can get it is £21,400. Absolutely gigantic money. And I've been speaking to a few people on Instagram and other channels this week where they said, wow, yeah, that, that is my dream bike. But come on, the money. Like, how can your everyday guy or girl afford that so people have been coming to me with with some good examples about look I love the cruiser vibe but I, I cannot dream of affording that so I've had people coming up with you know the bikes they're about to buy saying look I love the look of this bike and I actually have just gone out to buy a Honda cruiser a Yamaha cruiser basically there are loads of great looking cruisers hand on heart they look absolutely brilliant and if you stay away from the likes of the Indian motorcycles and the Harleys, you will get a brilliant deal. Pretty much, rule of thumb, if you're looking for a cruiser motorbike and you're on a budget, like I would be, if you're on a budget, you have to stay away from Harley Davidsons and Indians 
if you're looking for a good value cruiser because Harley Davidson's an Indian motorcycle. They hold their value mind-blowingly well. It doesn't matter what country you're in, it doesn't matter what year it is, and it almost doesn't matter what the mileage is. You will not get a great deal on any of those American cruisers because everyone wants them and they never drop in value. It's really quite mind-blowing. So what I've done, here we go. I have put in a decent amount of work here to find you something, some alternatives to Indian Motorcycle or Harley Davidson. If you're looking for a cool cruiser and let's say your budget is... I've tried to keep it as cheap as possible. Look, no cruisers are cheap. If you're on a big capacity motorbike that's a cruiser, you will not get a cheap bike. But what I've done, I found a very nice selection, actually. I'm really quite happy with this. And it's I'm so interested in this that I'm a little bit tempted myself, actually. And I really, truly mean that. I've got a budget here of five to seven K for a big capacity. I'm talking 1200 CC minimum, actually most are a lot more than that. 1200 CC is a minimum, proper cruiser motorbike. And I've got three here and I'm keeping it five to 7,000 pounds sterling. And I'm going to start off with, no, not quite the cheapest actually. I'll start off with my third place. And that is the Yamaha XVS. 1300. I actually had to, well, I only really discovered this bike from looking at it on Auto Trader. I didn't know much about it because these Japanese cruisers, they are not well known bikes. So often you won't actually know what the model is. But take a look at this Yamaha XVS 1300. Beautiful looking cruiser. Honestly, for the untrained eye, you almost wouldn't know it's not a Harley. But this thing is a 2011 model. I always keep every model I choose 2010 or newer. And that's because for, for all of the listeners, you know that if you get a 2010 or newer model of motorcycle, there'll be good enough emission standards that you won't, for example, be blocked from going into any city centers or anything. They're, they're decently environmentally friendly. So 2011 Yamaha XVS 1300, 3,900 miles absolutely nothing there's no reason why these won't go to a hundred thousand miles plus with such a big lazy engine five thousand four hundred and ninety one pounds so five and a half thousand pounds in black looks the business like off the scale cool this bike and japanese build quality so there you go five and a half thousand pounds and you are into super cool looking cruiser territory and while Harley-Davidson and Indian motorcycle may be slightly unattainable budget-wise for many. I found what possibly is the, the next best thing. It doesn't have that American cruiser name, but it does have a very good name, and that's Triumph. Triumph Cruisers. Now, they've never been massive sellers apart from maybe the rocket um although of course even that's not a massive seller but they've kept it in the lineup but have a look at this consider the triumph thunderbird the 1600 cc or 1700 cc bike wasn't in production for very long this model i think probably only about five or six years if i remember correctly but i remember when this was brand new this model and i was in i was in sydney in australia and i went to a triumph dealership 
and I saw one of these bikes and it became my absolute dream bike. They look brilliant, massive, massive engine. And I couldn't believe, I couldn't believe the value of these bikes. Now these were properly expensive, but listen to this, Triumph Thunderbird, 19,000 miles, 2010 model, 5,187 pounds. I remember just, a, feels like a couple of years ago, these were 10K bikes, but 5,000 pounds for a Triumph Thunderbird Cruiser from 2010 with 19,000 miles on the clock. And honestly, these bikes are absolutely everywhere at this price. Triumph Thunderbirds, this has got to be a good shout. I'm looking at another one here. It's the ultimate Thunderbird model called the Storm version. This is the exact one I want. It's even meaner than the standard version. 2013 model, 44,000 miles, so higher mileage. But again, I always said, I always bang on about it. Doesn't matter at all. Six and a half thousand pounds. Six and a half thousand for an eight-year-old bike that must have cost 14, 15K, something like that when new. And it looks the business. They don't age these cruisers. That's the great thing about them, all classically styled. That's £5,000 for Triumph Thunderbird. Have a look at that because Triumph may not have the cruiser name, but they're not a million miles off. You know, it's probably just one step down from the American bikes in terms of cruiser names. So that's really cool. And let me tell you about the ultimate. I've stretched the budget here to £7,295. But do you want to hear what you can get for £7,295, a 2010 Triumph Rocket. This is the ultimate muscle cruiser in the world. 2.3 litre engine. The new one's actually 2.5 litres. They still make them. It's at the time there was nothing bigger. It's still the biggest engined motorbike in the world that's ever been produced, mass produced. And I couldn't believe it, £7,295 for a Triumph Rocket 2010 model. So it'll be good with emissions and pass the regulations to get into towns and cities. It looks the absolute business in black. That's a seriously good deal. I think the new one, oh, top of my head, I'm, I'm sure it's over £20,000 for the new Rocket. I'm sure it is. It may even be 23, gigantic money anyway, but Triumph Rocket, there you go. Take a look at the old ones because they do come down to quite an interesting price where I'm looking at it now and thinking, that's getting seriously tempting. And staying with the theme of secondhand clothing, I know clothing can be hugely expensive, motorcycle gear and clothing, and you can easily spend 500 on a helmet, 400 on a jacket, 400 on jeans, 300 on boots. But that, that isn't realistic for everyone. 14 months ago, I was an Ocado grocery delivery driver. So I know what it's like. So I, I used to buy, in fact, I still sometimes do. I used to buy secondhand gear off eBay. And those of you that don't know eBay, it's basically a secondhand marketplace. And I thought I'd go on here and let me see what I can find. Can I find a good value outfit that doesn't break the bank? Because I've had a few people on YouTube saying, Freddie, can you, you know, give some ideas about some cheaper gear? I'm a huge fan of secondhand gear across the board, whether it's helmet or jacket or jeans or boots, anything, because 
you can get some unbelievable bargains and motorcycle gear is such brilliant quality it really it really does last a lifetime for example leather jackets they'll last 30 or 40 years they will last your life you only ever need to buy one so why not buy a second hand one it, it like it makes perfect sense let me give you an idea here i've got a whole outfit for you and Yes, this outfit may have gone by the time you listen to this, but my point is these things are always available. Go on to Gumtree, go on to eBay. I bought when I was a delivery driver and money was, you know, money was tight. I bought a pair of motorcycle boots for £25 off eBay. Um, I bought a helmet off eBay. You can get some brilliant, brilliant deals. And I found a very cool looking outfit. Rocker motorcycle jeans on eBay. Usually they're about £330. Second-hand pair. Rocker motorcycle jeans on eBay, £99. Frank Thomas jacket, like the one that I've got. Retails at about £180. hand on eBay, £30. A helmet, the helmet that I've got. Biltswell Gringo helmet. Costs about £150. There's one on eBay, second-hand, £50. TCX. TCX X-Blend boots on eBay right now. I rate them as one of the best pairs of motorcycle boots on the market. They will last a lifetime. £170 from TCX's website, £40. So there's your entire outfit for £220. Then get some gloves, £20 maximum. £240, £260 for an entire motorcycle outfit. Absolutely everything you need. And I know this firsthand because when, I get, when I'm lucky enough to try some motorcycle gear out, sometimes it's not the right size, I have to sell it. It, it sells for nothing, absolutely nothing. You'll get a brilliant deal. I often have motorcycle jeans at 240 pounds put onto eBay. They'll sometimes get 40, 50 quid. I've only worn them for one photo shoot, for example. If, and if, if they come up a size too big, I can't keep them or a size too small. So you can get a bargain. Go have a look at this secondhand gear because, you know, you buy new gear and that's brilliant. I'm a huge fan of that as well. But after one wear, it becomes secondhand anyway. So it's worth a shout. It's worth looking into. And this episode's all about great value stuff. So I'm going to go on to something that's just blown my mind. It's Saturday morning and I was speechless at my findings for this next section. And that is insurance costs, motorcycle insurance costs. So I live in Southeast London where motorcycle crime and theft is off the scale. It's probably, probably the worst area in the UK for insurance. I can't imagine anywhere worse than Southeast London and even specifically the exact development I live in where everyone's bikes get stolen for fun. So bear that in mind when I tell you these insurance costs. I've got nine years no claims bonuses, no claims bonus, meaning I've never claimed anything or had any crashes in nine years. And sorry, of course, no crashes, no convictions for speeding, no, uh, no anything. nothing at all it's the cleanest license you can imagine nine years no claims bonus so I've never claimed in my insurance so listen to this where shall I start okay I'm going to start with the Indian motorcycle vintage dark horse that's the exact bike I've got now 21,000 pound bike 1,500 pounds a year to insure one and a half 
thousand pounds to insure. My Triumph Bonneville 2010 model, 166 pounds to insure. So a 2010 Bonneville is 166 pounds to insure compared to a vintage dark horse, an Indian vintage dark horse at one and a half, 1,540 pounds. So then I thought, okay, Fred, be sensible here. It's London. A lot of people tell me they go and buy a, a Mutt, for example, because it's small capacity. 250cc Mutt Mastiff motorcycle. Brand new 2021. The model I just tested out, I thought, God, this is going to be about 50 quid a year. You want to know the price? £366 a year. That blew my mind. I didn't understand that. How can that be more than my Bonneville? Because the value of it is less than my Bonneville. It's a way smaller engined bike. It's it's newer. Is it because it's newer? It's three times the price or half the, the same price. Again, it's double the price of my Bonneville. So my Bonneville insurance, 166 The Mastiff insurance, 300 and 66 200 pounds more than my massively bigger Bonneville so I thought okay right Honda Cub 125cc the scooter surely this has got to be 50 pounds a year 2018 model so three-year-old Honda Cub 125cc bike to insure for the year 328 pounds well then I, I don't know what's going on I at this point I was completely flummoxed I, I didn't understand how do you get cheap insurance then in London if a Honda Cub is almost 200 pounds more than my Triumph Bonneville how does this make sense and then I thought okay here we go the common denominator is age of bike this must come down to the age of the bike so I thought right okay if my Bonneville is by such a gigantic distance the cheapest to insure this must be because it's by far the oldest so listen to what I've found if the Indian motorcycle vintage dark horse is £1,540 a year to insure then I tell you what I'm going to do I'm going to get a quote for a Harley Davidson Road King and that's pretty much Harley Davidson's equivalent to the vintage dark horse. Cost the same money, brand new. But I'm going to get a quote for a, a 2008 model, a 13-year-old model with an £8,000 value. So double the price of the Bonneville's value, three times the price of the Mutt's value, but it's 13 years old. And you want to hear the quote for that bike. A 13-year-old Harley-Davidson Road King with a value of £8,000. £192. Well, there you go. Age is everything. I honestly did not know that. Age is everything when you're looking for a good value bike to insure. How can a Harley-Davidson Road King with a value of £8,000 cost half the price of a brand new a, a brand new Mutt Mastiff. How is that possible? So I did one more. I put through my old Suzuki Bandit 2002 model. Insurance for one year, £128. And there you go, that verifies it. If you're looking for great value insurance and a bike that won't break the bank, you must consider looking for the older model bikes.
Yeah, go for an older model bike. You can, in some circumstances, I mean, look at this. The, the Road King compared to the vintage, you're saving £1,350 a year on insurance. That is not an insignificant amount of money. So my mind's blown. And you know what? With that, I wanted to do a couple of questions. But I'm, in fact, I wanted to do a few questions. I'll save them for next week. Otherwise, I'll go over. But just before I started this, I had a listener just message in. I think I'm sure it's his bike. He said he's selling his Triumph Street Triple 2008 model on Auto Trader in the UK. £3,900. It's got everything you want. The exhaust, tail tidy, bar end mirrors. Based in Oxford, UK. It's the exact model in my eyes that you want. Gold forks, black, bug eyes, 2018 or 2008 model. It's a future classic. So go on to Auto Trader if you're looking for a bike because these bikes are absolutely superb. £3,900 based in Oxford. I'll save the rest of the questions for next week so I don't go too far over. But thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. Have a brilliant week and I'll see you in the next one. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.